Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the Craft Brew Film Review Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we talk about beer and movies. That's right. Pretty that's, that's, that's what we're all about. Beer and movies. Well, we're both about movies. You're the one more about the beer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we tried, and then we spectacularly gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's what you do after many failures. Um, <laughs> so, we're still doing 1929. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we've already covered the uh, 1929 Oscars, Best Film Winner, and some of the runners-up. Gave our thoughts on that. If you haven't seen that yet, why are you here? Go watch that one first. Go, go, uh, go, go watch the other one. It's, it's right before this on the playlist. Uh, but we're sticking with 1929, and now we're doing uh, same kind of premise. We're going to go through a few movies. We talk about the movie that got the highest box office gross for that year. Mm-hmm. And then from the next top nine earners, you and I just each pick one, and we go through those. Uh, so that is going to be the Broadway Melody. Again. Which we're not going to deep dive on because the Broadway Melody was also part of the Oscars list because it was the winner of the uh, best film Oscar that year and the highest grossing film at the box office. It's a twofer. (laughs) So uh, another reason, if you haven't watched that episode yet, why are you here? You're not going to get all of it. So you need to go watch that first. (laughs) But we won't talk too much about uh, the Broadway Melody, but the other shows we're doing are on with the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And Rio Rita. But first, what are you drinking? Oh, um, I'd forgotten. Um, so we had talked very briefly on uh, last week that this is Oktoberfest season. So continuing with that vein, this is the Oktoberfest. It's more of a traditional variety from Sierra Nevada, which we've done on our uh, very first inaugural podcast. We did the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. This is their Oktoberfest. Um, they did this one in collaboration with a German brewery called Kerweiter. Um, oh, there's that there it is. <laughs> um, this is this is my favorite example of of the style. Every year they come out with it's always on point. Yeah, it's delicious every year. So for an Oktoberfest beer, that is your this hands this, down, this your would be the one. This would had. be the one I recommend. Now there are some other like lo- smaller local breweries that are um, German variety that may be. Um, more traditional they mm-hmm. they follow more of the um i uh, i can't even begin to pronounce the name of the law but it was like a german beer pur- uh, purity law in 1519 where it had explicit instructions on how to make beer you had to have barley malt or uh, water hops and yeast and that's it now there you could do different things with it but they follow more of that Sierra Nevada has, they have a little bit more leeway. This mm-hmm. this is my favorite of the year. It may not be the most traditional, but it's really good. <laughs> really, really good. So for those of you that disagree, tell us why. What do you think you should be drinking? <laughs> yeah. If you want to offer suggestions in the comments for, for stuff you want me to try, please all I'm also means. following Oktoberfest with a Long Island iced tea. Totally in the same ballpark. <laughs> you are right on. <laughs> Everyone will soon understand. You're the beer guy. I'm the liquor guy. Hey, I like liquor too. <laughs> I literally was downstairs shaking that sucker up just a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoy liquor myself, but I I am a I am a craft beer nerd. Yeah, well, I would even call myself a, a liquor nerd. It's just anyone who has paid attention or knows me is like I 
just beer's not my thing. And that's fine. That's fine. It's but... not, for, not for everybody. It is for me. <laughs> it's more for me. One of these days we're like, <laughs> we're getting drunk off Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have those like spiked things nowadays? Like, for Mountain Dew, maybe. No, like uh, Sonic had like, like they have those, um, uh, like they have like the, the uh, limeades or whatever, but mm-hmm. they would, they would spike them and make them into seltzers and then put them in cans. Like they, they do that now. Oh, really? Hmm. It's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a try. Not, not my. I mean, it's not for me. It's just my opinion. Actually, speaking of liquor, one of these days, maybe when we're doing one of our commentary episodes, uh, we should introduce the world to the AMC special. Ah, uh, yes. yes. We, we, we will mix them and drink them the, and have the, a good old time. The legendary AMC special. <laughs> <laughs> getting, uh, getting one of the ingredients for that is going to be kind of tough nowadays. Why is that? Um, Buffalo Trace. Well, it doesn't have to be. It was actually Southern Comfort that was used. Oh, so that was so yeah. Okay. Um yeah. We've done it with Buffalo Trace once or twice. Yeah, yeah, we have. But you can't find Buffalo Trace anymore. It's it's super super rare. Everybody everybody is buying that nowadays. <laughs> but again, it doesn't have to be a specific brand. It's just the liquors we use. But no, that's down the road. Um, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> quick recap of the Broadway Melody. Um, that's the wrong one. But it was the. Oscar winner for 1929, but it was also the box office winner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go all the way into the details here, but essentially this movie was directed by Harry Beaumont. Uh, it had a production budget of 379000 Uh To date, it shows box office winnings of $4.4 million. But during to date? That, when was the last time that was in theaters? Uh, I guess sometime recent. Um, or not recent, but sometime in... Since 1929, mm. but actually in 1929 it showed 2.8 million. So it's earned another, you know, 1.6 million since then. Film festivals, but I mean, it may have come back at like releases in like the 30s or something like that. I don't know. Um, but essentially, this was a film about a pair of sisters from the vaudeville circuit that try to make it big time on Broadway, but matters of the heart complicate the attempt. Love drive and home. that's where we'll leave it. Go watch the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we get way more, but hey, more involved. on with the show. Uh, and speaking of that, the first one we're going to talk about is on with the show, <laughs> which 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 was Warner Brothers' answer to Broadway Melody. Was it? Yes, it was. Okay, so well, it's it's not like um, at least as of like recent, it's it's not been a recent phenomenon. So like, you would have one movie come out, and then like very shortly thereafter, you would have the same movie just with a slight twist on it armageddon and deep impact exactly that was the exact example i was thinking of (laughs) it's not been a recent thing i mean this goes all the way back so you Mm. had um broadway melody come out under mgm and then you had warner brothers with this Hmm. well on with the show 1929 was directed by alan crosland it had a budget of four hundred ninety-three thousand dollars with a box office of $1.74 million for that year. Um, stars Arthur Lake as Harold Astor, which I have listed as the whiny young male lead. Yep. <laughs> uh, has Betty Compson as Nita French, uh, Joe E. Brown as Ike Beaton, which is the mean comedian arguing with Harold, uh, Louise Fazenda as Sarah Fogarty, William Bakewell as Jimmy, who's the head usher, and Sally O'Neill as Kitty, who is the box office girl. And the synopsis is, with unpaid actors and staff, the stage show Phantom Sweetheart 
seems doomed. To complicate matters, the box office tapings have been robbed and the leading lady refuses to appear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, to give a little, before we break into the actual story, so this film uh, was actually done in two-color Technicolor, uh, and it's noted as the first all-talking, all-color feature-length film. Uh, But, since then... No color prints in its entirety actually exist. No. There is one reel of 35 millimeter color nitrate print uh, that exists at the BFI archive. Which they found in like a random safe somewhere. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like 45 seconds worth of footage. Yeah. But other than that, like the, the full color film no longer exists, so you can only find it in black and white. Yeah. You, you can find little frames here and there of what it looked like. Yeah. <clears throat> um. It is part backstage musical using the now familiar show within a show format and part mystery and part comedy. They forgot the comedy. They did. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a, a hundred year difference in what I guess we consider comedy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, oh, there's that for all you ASMR I'm going to do that every episode. <laughs> I don't, I, again, as I've, we've talked about, I'm trying to keep these movies through the lens of when they were made. Yeah. Um, sense of humor back then, pretty different from what it is now. But, anyway. So, <laughs> near the beginning of the film, it seems like, I don't know if this happened early on or what, but the left part of the screen was cut off when moved to DVD. Uh, there's people standing on the left side of the camera and like half their body is missing because oh. of where they're standing. Uh, and I found out, so it was originally released with a soundtrack recorded on Vitaphone discs uh, and a sound on film version was later released, which required the left side of the image to be cropped off in order to provide space for the uh, optical track. Mm-hmm. A black and white version of which, you know, seems to be all that has survived uh, is occasionally shown on Turner Classic Movies. But that's the version we saw. Because I was saying, I was like, why is the... I, either they did horrible with placement of the camera and the actors, or somehow the left side's cut off. And so I researched that and found out it's because of going and putting like the sound and everything in there. Interesting. I, uh, I didn't they know They had that. to cut off that part of the, huh. the screen. I did not know that. So, I mean, it, it's only really noticeable early on because they're doing a shot where somebody literally walks to that side of the screen and they're standing there talking with half their body missing. <laughs> After that, I didn't notice it, but it was just right at the beginning. I was like, what the hell? Mm. Awkward placement, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially this film is about a Broadway show, or rather a show that's wanting to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It has been touring around, but it's not making enough money. Uh, and so for that reason, like the actors haven't been paid in a while. And at the beginning, you have Sally O'Neill as Kitty talking to uh jimmy who's the head usher so box office girl and the head usher and she really wants to be part of the show and i don't know if it's the microphones back then the degradation of the sound since the film was made or if it's just her but her voice was grating as heck <laughs> because she's all like i'm gonna go do this i'm like like the microphone's like really sensitive to the higher pitch and what but like it didn't, bo- it didn't so bother me that much. Really? Yeah. It, it got on my nerves. I mean, it was. I, I could see where you're coming from on that, but it didn't. It didn't bother me that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, is the 
a lot of the men were doing it too, though, which made me wonder if it's really the microphones or them doing it, because they're like contorting their face and when they're talking. They're going like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the show and see something, man." <laughs> and like, and their for their faces all like to make that sound. It may have been like their mic was over here, and they're kind of trying to do this number to get to the mic. You really think they had lapel mics? No, but like the mic was behind them. Or was there a mic? Who knows? The mic, I think, the sound was all thought part of the actual camera equipment, so it would be with the camera. Yeah, there, I, 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 I don't know enough about filming techniques of the 1920s to say yes or no. <laughs> Come down to AC Tires. We'll get your car taken out real care of. Manhattan, 1975. <laughs> For only 35 cents, a full tank of gas, and we'll clean your windows too. See ya. I'd buy that. Or a really old gangster's like, I'm going to take you out, see? You'll never take me alive, see? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was thinking of at the beginning of the movie. I'm just like, ugh. That but. is a running theme that I've noticed, like, with with um, these several musicals, is they all talk with that vibrato, and even during, like, not during songs. Like, they'll they'll talk with that, like, yeah, see? Yeah, I, I, it's it's just a we just set forth a challenge one just go into a restaurant and for the entire time in your restaurant be like yeah I'd like to order the and just see what somebody says anything <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like a cheeseburger with ketchup and uh, some bacon I, and... I really hope not because <laughs> <laughs> like how do you explain that like, what are you what are you trying to accomplish here sir just are wait you, for somebody to say something are you making fun of someone with special needs why are you such a oh, jerk yeah yeah I hope nobody thinks that <laughs> oh goodness. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I may need some help with your, on your side with the, the plot, because the plot, there's not much to it, really. Um, the movie, you know, starts and she wants to be part of the show. Yep. And no, she's not going to be part of the show because she's the box office girl and she's not an actor or singer or whatever. Um, and at some point, like, so, uh, Ike Beaton, which is supposed to be the the comedian, he's always acting drunk and stupid and mm-hmm. everything, which I found annoying. Um, and then you had Harold, who's the, the lead of the show. And Harold's complaining about, like, you know, some girl he's trying to get with. Sounds right. Because he specifically says uh, he, he's not moving on because I have an investment in this broad, $22 in five weeks, which is just under $400 today. So... He, he can't move on from this woman because no, he spent he's... money, so he should be getting something in return. Yeah, again, this we talked about this in Broadway Melody. Most of these people are trash. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> ugh. Um, and then... I spent money on her, so I deserve to get something out of it. Yeah, pretty I, much. I was don't like, deserve that was... anything. Um, but then there's like a woman trying to get... You know, he, he's over there talking, doing his thing. Then all the ladies in the dressing room and they're trying to get ready for the show. And there's a woman trying to rush them out to go and start performing because, you know, there's a, there's an audience out there. And I couldn't quite tell if the woman was actually speaking French because of the audio quality. Mm-hmm. Or if it was just like a really horrible, like, pretend thing. Uh, the way she was just kind of like... Oh, whatever, like pretending to speak French. Yes. And I'm like, and I was really listening because like, I, I don't speak French, but I understand some of it because I've been trying to learn for a few years now. And I'm just listening. I'm like, 
I'm not hearing a lot of French words. You sound like she's just saying, ooh, you know. It's gibberish. And I'm like, but it could have also just been like the horrible sound quality with all the other stuff going on that I couldn't pick up on anything. But that that, that stuck out to me because I was like, one, why is she speaking French? Uh, and two, is she actually speaking French? No. No, I, I'm going to... You're just going to say flat out no. No. <laughs> or excuse me, no. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, oui. Let me see if I can figure this out. Uh, elle ne parle pas uh, français. I think that's it. But yeah, I don't know enough to say no. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if I if I think about it, I can figure out how to say something. But um, anyways, so Phantom Sweetheart is the show. Yep, and it's not been making enough money for payroll, and they're hoping that the show tonight is going to be like. The one that gets their notoriety out and gets to put them on Broadway so they can start making some money. Yeah, they broke. Uh, and at some point, the guy actually says, on with the show! And I was like, oh, they said it! They, they said, said the thing! But they actually, they're out there singing and everything. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up a lot. I can't tell if it's the sound quality, but I couldn't understand what the singers were singing. They kept you going like do 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 do, and then like doing that, that something. Was the, yeah, that was another issue that I had with with this. With the, I had no idea what they were saying. I'd say probably half the time, especially with the vibrato, right? Yeah, the vibrato made it worse. And then, like you're you're trying to listen to it, and then other times, like the the audio is like one of these numbers kind of thing, like we had talked about in the the previous movies. Um, it did not make it easy. To yeah. to try and decipher what what anybody's saying or what the hell's going on. Yeah, because they're like, I'm singing about a thing. <laughs> that poor man is being electrocuted. <laughs> I'm singing about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it it was not the greatest example of. Yeah, yeah it it made me think of. Um, I mean, phones are a lot better today, but go back ten years, and people were recording. At concerts from their phones. Yes, yeah. That's what it made me think of the audio yeah. quality coming yeah. out of that show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's just noise. I can't understand any of it. It's just noise. Yeah, that that was a very popular thing with movies from around this time. Is like like you said, they didn't have directional mics. They didn't have. I would assume they didn't have boom mics or anything else like yeah. that. They just had the one thing, the sound thing. Yeah. yeah, way far away. And good luck getting anything, you know, worthwhile out of that. Right. Um, so, Mr. Wallace was actually uh, the financier of the show. And come to find out part of the reason that they don't have any money, because he essentially stopped financing the show. Because, apparently, the only reason he did it uh, was to get Kitty in the show. Because he wanted to get a piece. Mm, yeah. Yeah, he, he wanted to snap off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Uh, but instead, <laughs> she's in the box office, right? Wow, that was interesting. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that's the only reason he started financing the show, is to try to get close to her. And I guess it wasn't working, and she wasn't even in the show. And so he just like, fuck it, and stopped giving money to the show. Mm. You, you may like this. So when Ike who is the, the drunk comedian, was on stage and dancing during the show. Uh, and there's going to be a lot less talking about the actual story, because let's admit it, the 
roughly, you know, hour and a half or two hour, whatever movie, uh, there's like 20 minutes of story and the rest is just random show. Yeah. Um, it was one of those weird, um, it, it struck me like I, I knew that this was a musical going in, but I wouldn't call this a musical though. Mm. To me, let me explain why I have a clear cut here. To me, a musical is when a story is happening and yes, characters break into song, but the song is part of the overall story, whether it's to convey convey an emotion or to convey some history about a character, or it's there's something there's a reason for the song to be there, and it's trying to give you some kind of information. If it's just music for the sake of music, and doesn't advance the story, and it just it cuts away from the story to show people dancing on stage, singing random shit that has nothing to do with the story, and it goes back, that's not a musical to me. But I also am going based on musicals from like what the 50s or 60s forward Mm -hmm. um this was probably considered a musical back then but not in my i i would consider it a musical musical. because if just because there's music in it to me doesn't make it a musical no i i've i I would consider it a musical just because there is song and dance numbers that are presented during a movie so in your opinion that means um Step up to the streets, or you just got served. Are those musicals? Because there are song and dance numbers for Step Up, and I've never seen any of those. I've seen the trailer, but you know what they are. I, I would say Step Up, sure. Bring it on, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. That's just whatever. I, I that's my opinion, and. I'm sure someone will call me out and tell me I'm wrong for a multitude of different reasons. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Hey, hey, we're all entitled to it. But, uh, so, what I was getting to was Ike came out, he was being the drunk comedian on stage, and when he starts dancing, it reminded me of that Cotton Eye Joe dance, because his legs are going, back and forth. And I was immediately saw that, and I was like, Tony must hate this so much. You have no idea. Because not only does this man hate musicals, I do, but he hates that song Cotton Eye Joe. And while the song wasn't playing, that was the dance that I see people do from Cotton Eye Joe. So I didn't know if you made that connection. Yeah, I, uh, I I was I was watching this, and it, um, if you could figure out some way to harness power from my eyes rolling in my head, <laughs> we could solve a lot of problems in the world. We could charge your iPhone. No. I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> Cotton Joe. <laughs> no, I this um Oh, please. Yes, question. Go. <laughs> I, I cuz I just said the whole like see um <laughs> when so eventually some person in the shadows comes and steals all the 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 ticket sales from the point, box office. Yeah, at like gun they, 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 the the gun was coming out of the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he stole the money from the box office that day. When a cop got there to try to investigate it, he did it. He literally he was like, "She, I'm gonna find this guy." She, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like way to play up the stereotype there, Gumshoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was cracking up. I was like, they they, they did the thing <laughs> that I always make fun of. That that dude like every every time he was on screen it's like your atypical you know uh, atypical stereotypical whatever word you want to use but like 
flat foot gumshoe that's like, I'm going to sell this crime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and every time he was on the screen, I was just like, this dude is a complete moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, not, not my favorite <clears throat> character. But yeah, so somebody steals the money from the show and then it continues to cut back and forth between the, the show and what's going on with the show and then people trying to find there was they focused the a lot on the actual show itself with some Very little, little, little sprinklings of that. actual you know plot that happened in the background yeah and, and at, at some point everybody gets blamed for stealing the money yeah for no reason like it's not that anyone had an alibi or not an alibi um, a, a motive <laughs> uh, a motive for doing it mm. it was just kind of like you did it well, maybe we're you just going to randomly. Well, you did it. Well, yeah. maybe you didn't. Okay, you did it. Um, and that was like the bulk of this cop's investigation. Just somebody walked by. You did it. Just randomly accusing <laughs> everyone of this horrible crime. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, no, I was over there. Oh, uh, well, okay. Uh, you. <laughs> but I will say, do you have any idea what the hell the show was about? No. Because it kept cutting to the the show, and at some point they had like real horses on stage running around, luckily not trampling people. I I think it was kind of like one of those review kind of things, where like there wasn't an overall arcing story, it was just a weird, here's a mishmash of random shit we're going to throw together and call it a show. Probably I was losing money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean like all the scenes that had to do with the stage show had zero value to the movie, did nothing to the story... And if you choose to watch this film, could all be skipped. Yeah, but then you're cutting out probably a good... So the movie itself was an hour and 40 minutes, and if you do that, you're losing out on an hour and 20. You'll be done real quick. But no, but uh, you'll get, get the important stuff. Well, like for the, the Broadway melody, like the show that they were, you know, they were participating in, you had one dude doing the song and dance thing, and then you had... Um, the two sisters that did like their little weird dance thing. And then you had uh, a mermaid um, sitting there like this with a Roman soldier singing an aria type of thing that had nothing to do with anything else. Maybe it's that type of setup where just it's just a bunch of random things. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I, I, I'm, I'm a person who latches on to story. Mm-hmm. And um, when you have... A bunch of time spent on something that has nothing to do with advancing the story. I'm not saying every single piece of everything needs to be there for that, but when there's so much of a, a runtime used for it, I'm like, why? Uh, some but of again, the... I'm comparing it to today's right. storytelling versus back then, where like apparently every movie needed to have a song and dance number. That had nothing to do with the film, right? It's just to entertain people. Like, oh, they can't pay attention to dialogue and story. We got to have a whole like, oh, look at the pretty girl, and... <laughs> shiny thing, shiny thing. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me jiggle my keys. Here you go. <laughs> but so essentially, you know, they're just pointing fingers at stuff, and at some point, um, Mr. Wallace is in uh, like a room trying to. I, I, I hesitate to say seduce, more like attack, uh, <laughs> kitty. But did you see how big his fucking flask was? Yeah, it, it was like as big as his whole midsection. Like yeah. that thing was giant. Um, Dude came to party. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Uh, but he like he literally attacks Kitty and kisses her, and 
she gets away and Kitty tells Jimmy, which I'm guessing is her boyfriend, and Jimmy gets pissed off at her and said how she was making love to another man. I'm like, the dude attacks her and kisses her. She runs away from him, but she made love to him? Making love has really evolved over the last century. It may have been, um, uh, you know, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm thinking of? Um, where instead of saying, like, yeah, they, uh, he was just kind of jealous or whatever, like, you know, jump, blame the victim kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, you were messing around with this other dude when I'm clearly interested in you, that, that kind of thing. I don't, I, I don't know, Jeff. This movie was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, at some point, it is revealed that some frail old man... That I think was, that was Harold's, dad. like, uh, was his dad? That was her dad, yeah. Well, it was related to Harold, I thought. Because uh, Harold, Cause they kept calling Harold him was, dad. like, saying he needed, like, money to send to his, like, mom or yeah. aunt or something. Um, and that's why the whole situation with, you know, why have we not been paid? I need money to send home. I thought it was his dad. No, they they, they, they just kept calling, they just kept referring <clears throat> to him as dad. Well, either way, some frail old man the was older the dude, person yeah. who robbed the take for that night uh, to try to send to whoever Harold was sending money to. The copper got his man. But I said, bullshit, because the dude that was in the shadows was tall and kind of, like, bulky, and this dude was a short, frail, skinny old man. He's an older dude, yeah. I'm like, he didn't rob shit. You guys filmed this other scene and forgot to use the person that's going to be the actual guy who robbed it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, the guy that played the, the old, the, the dad, the older gentleman, his name was Thomas Jefferson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he didn't do much after being a president, did he? He went and robbed the gate. He went and robbed, robbed oh, the, robbed the ticket. Uh, he actually passed away a few, few years after that movie was released. So it might've actually been him. It may have been. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, was Thomas Jefferson? Yeah, he was. Thomas, Thomas Kellyan Jefferson, I think was his name. No, you know me in history. I'm like, was Thomas Jefferson actually a president? He wasn't, was he? The third president, yes. Yeah. Who was it that's on the, the money that wasn't a president? Um, ben Franklin. 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 That's who I'm thinking of. Because <laughs> I was like, he wasn't a president. I'm like, no, wait. No, yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. I'm like, no, somebody Frank, on the money wasn't. <laughs> Frank, somebody on the money wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I knew somebody on the money wasn't, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, But... Anyways, during this time, Nita French decided to be like, you know, fuck you guys. I'm not going on the show. I'm not going on. And that's when Kitty gets her big shot uh, to be in the, the show. The coat check girl turns out mm-hmm. to be a Broadway star. Yeah, she. <laughs> she did this and was great. Um, <laughs> sorry. Previous episode. Go watch it. Go um, watch it. You'll get that joke. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but come to find out that Nita French is married to Mr. Wallace. Hmm. And beats the shit out of him when she found out that he attacked Kitty. Uh, and then makes him pay for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so that they all get their money. Hey, that's extortion. But Credits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, not not my favorite movie. Um, no. For a lot of reasons. No. I mean, I, I people were going for entertainment, song and dance. Here's this whole, you know, pretty thing. This was just a bad movie. Yeah. Like, straight up. <laughs> it was not good. Um, I can't recommend it to anybody at all. Uh, I was I was not a fan. Um, 
But hey, if you want to get our references and why we didn't like it, check it out. You if, get it on DVD. No, if <clears throat> you know, we talked about this. You know, if people want to want to kind of follow along with and and see if if their opinions are you know somewhat close to ours or if they have different opinions, that's awesome. Please yeah. do. Um, it's kind of tough to explain, um, I because there's going to be some people out there that that really like this movie. I'm not one of them, and I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to judge you if you do. Um, well, but that that's exactly why we tell people what we're going to be watching in the next episode, right? So they could go watch the films too, and then tell us why we're batshit crazy for not liking. And the that's film. totally possible, and actually probable. I mean, because there's going to be some some segment of the population out there that watches this movie and is like. Those guys are idiots. This is this movie's awesome. More power to you. I disagree, but that's what makes this country great. <laughs> but hey, now it's time for our next sponsor. Uh, our sponsor is getting crunk. Getting crunk because that's how you have a good time. That, that was a lot of whiskey, Jeff. <laughs> it's rum. Oh, sorry. That makes it better. <laughs> our sponsor is getting crunk off black cherry rum and cola. Didn't Crunk and aren't you supposed to get high too? Or did I miss that part? I don't know. I'm all jacked up on black cherry rum and cola. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come jack- at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Alright. Next film is Rio Rita. Yes. <clears throat> also yes. 1929. Uh, it was directed by Luther Reed, had a production budget of 678000 and a total box office of $1.77 million, which in today's standards is probably considered a box office bomb, but... Well, inflation. Eh, eh, yeah. But I'm like, it, it a little over doubled its budget, and a lot of movies nowadays, that's considered a, a flop, but... Um, Stars, I don't know if this is BB or Bebe or Bibe or whatever. Bebe Daniels as Rita Ferguson, John Bowles as Captain Jim Stewart, Burt Wheeler as Chick Bean. Chick. A lot of movies back then seemed to like the name Chick. Mm. Um, Robert Woolsey as Ned Lup. That's the alcohol speaking. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Robert Woolsey as Ned Lovett. Uh, Dorothy Lee as Dolly Bean. Helen Kaiser as Mrs. Katie Bean, uh, Don Alvarado as Roberto Ferguson, and George's Renovent as General Rabinoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so essentially, it's this movie is Captain James Stewart pursues the bandit, the Kinkajou, over the Mexican border and falls in love with Rita. He suspects that her brother is the bandit. I'm going to say this right now. Kinkajou is spelled K-I-N-K-A-J-O-U. Yeah. Kinkajou. Because first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at the spelling, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's some kind of animal. Well, that's the thing. I looked up something about that, and, um, sorry, I'm like, my knee needs to pop. But whatever. Um, Gross. It, say, it says that it's like, like some kind of Native American for some other, like cat wild cat thing mm-hmm. but then like something else was saying like no that's actually not true so i i don't know but um a little background on the movie while the longer roadshow version of rio rita is still considered lost uh two musical numbers that do not appear in the surviving 105 minute version showed up on youtube uh the kinkajou and a technical 
Technicolor Pirate Ship Dance Number. That sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> are both available online but have not been restored back into the film. So the reason I say the longer Roadshow version, when I looked up this film, it was said it was going to be something like two hours and 20 minutes. Then when we got it to watch, it was an hour and 40 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's because there is 40 minutes missing. It's just gone. Yeah. Um, actually, you um, <clears throat> when you were talking about that, that, that kind of sprung together a, um, uh, something about the previous movie. Um, one of the uh, numbers that was part of that review was sung by Ethel Waters. Um, she was the um, African-American singer that participated in some of that show. Yes. Um, that she became like known for that song, like right? like a that yeah, like very very well known. Um, she was actually the second um, African American to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, this was later on. You just kind of sparked all of this. Yeah. Um, and she actually went on to her own television show. Um, right. She has her home Hollywood. Uh, she has a, a star on the Walk of Fame. Um, she's in several different Hall of Fames for. Um, uh, participating and, and being like one of those trailblazers. Um, I didn't enjoy the movie overall, but I like that song. It, she sung it very, very well. <laughs> All right, folks. We haven't even talked about the movie yet, and he's already told you how he feels about it. <laughs> no, no. Um, sorry. My bad. Jumping the gun, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad. No. Um, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I saw that she became. Uh, yeah, very just known you know, you know how it goes. You think of something and then you just kind of run with it. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which is the part that's like, I didn't like the movie, but oh. I'm like, well, leave that part out. Oh yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. Just, just spoiler edit that alert. Out. He doesn't like the movie. We'll fix it in post. Fix <laughs> it <in> post. <laughs> just cut that portion. Sorry. Um, so essentially, the uh, well, actually, speaking of like the fact that there's this 40 minutes of missing footage. Yep. There's even a picture. On the cover of the DVD, we had to purchase because there was nowhere to stream it uh, for free, uh, for uh, not for free, but for well, for free or for any streaming services we had. Yeah, you had they, to they, rent they, it to stream or buy the DVD. Yeah, um, but it shows this whole like cowboy number, like all these girls are in like boots and cowboy hats and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the film. Uh, yet that is on the cover of the DVD. Yep. So I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, yep, that's probably part of the missing 40 minutes. You got one frame. You got one picture out of it, and that's all you got. Mm -hmm. um, so, but essentially, the, the film starts in a bar with ladies tap dancing, mm -hmm. because everybody loves tap dancing. It is the most seductive form of dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you see some girls like going like this. You're not all... <laughs> That she knows what she's doing. <laughs> you know, in reality, I was like, "That's like the tap dance, not something you see much anymore." But I'm seeing it a lot in these older movies. Um, that was the prevalent style of dance in those days. Mm, fair enough. Uh, but then there's a, a reveal that there's a ten thousand dollar reward for the Kinkajou, which today <laughs> That's is the dumbest <laughs> name for a bandit. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, it's. I'm not going to get into what it sounds like because that's no. Um, Don't. Today, that is $178,000. Uh, well, $178,767. And 67 cents. <laughs> and 12 cents. No. Um, <clears throat> this is a, another one of those movies where 
they they don't obviously have boom mics back then or directional mics or anything like that because the camera's at this end of a bar and the people it's trying to follow are at the opposite end. Yes. And they're clearly doing this, trying to make sure the mic hears them. Hello. How's it going? It's... Are we going to find the Kikajou? Yes. <laughs> and we're back. It works out great, doesn't it? No, but it's really it's bad. Like they're, they're, they're clearly <laughs> shouting at each other, which I was just like, I, I, I get it. You know, they were dealing with what they had at the time. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just like not thinking about the film part of it. You're just literally in a, uh, at the back of like uh, a bar, um, which is not like it's not super loud in the bar, and you're yelling at each other. Yeah. No, which, I, if you're if you're at a dance club, I get it. You have to get next to each other and yell in your ear because it's so loud. Because yeah, the music's blaring <clears throat> and stuff like that. But... Yeah. There's also a lot of uh, record scratch type feedback from the audio when he was switching from different camera angles. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is going to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was kind of jarring the first couple of times, and then after a while, you just don't hear it anymore. Yeah, you just kind of got used to it. Um, but yeah, this is another one where we kind of talked about in a, a previous episode, was like, how are they supposed to find the Kinkajou when the one poster just has a title and no photo? No one knows what he looks like. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but apparently, while this whole bar scene was going on, uh, the Kinkajou robbed the Bank of Fremont. Uh, and you hear gunfire start happening and it shows inside the bar and it's like, bang, bang. And they're just like, and then all of a sudden it's like a delayed reaction, like, oh, guns. And then, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of a goof, I thought, because mm-hmm. they, they were just kind of like guns were going off and stuff like that. And they're still just dancing along like nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden everybody panics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I found really funny is... You know, there's somebody speeding away on a horse, and these Texas Rangers are shooting at him. But they're shooting like this. Bang! 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 That's that's pretty... So they're like shoving their arm forward when they shoot, but they're also still pointing at the sky. Bang! So the bullet's going up there. How are you going to hit the guy that's over there? No one said they were good shots. (laughs) (laughs) But good shot or not, at least point the barrel at the person. No. No. Oh, gosh. Cannot happen. So, you already spoiled a bit of it, so I'm just going to get into it right now. This movie was hard to fucking follow, because yeah. it was... Essentially, it's it's portrayed in the synopsis as this bandit is like try, runs across the Mexican border and trying to get away from the Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, after the Kinkajou gets across, or like, supposedly Kinkajou, you know, takes off, and they lose him. The Kinkajou story just gets like, we'll take this, put it right over here. We'll see you in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gone. The vast bulk of this movie has nothing to do with trying to find the Kinkajou. No. Um, so Roberto uh, arrives in whatever town this is in Mexico, and his sister Rita is there. And he's been flagged as potentially the Kinkajou early on in the film. Uh, and he tells his sister, like, you know, don't don't tell anybody I'm here, whatever, I'm, I'm hiding, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't see him for like another hour and a half. There, there was something very weird about this movie that um, was, it was very jarring. So you had, it seemed like there were two movies 
mm-hmm. that were kind of compressed <clears throat> into yep. one, and none of it made sense. Yep. Like you had the the, the bandit the bandit yeah. story, and then you had those two like Abbott and Costello wannabes. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were they would have a block of this movie, and then they would switch over to this one where they were you know doing stupid things, acting all slapstick and stuff, and then they would switch back to the other movie. And then they would go back to this, to those two idiots. But that switch over is like, we'll be here for 30 seconds and then get back to the idiots. Yeah. It's just, I, I, yeah, not, not the best transitions. And cause it was, it made things very hard to follow. Yeah. Uh, but then this other guy shows up right behind Roberto, which you don't really know who he is at first, but he's possibly the King Kaju now. Um, and, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Uh, I do want to call out an interesting shot uh, that I thought was... It's, it's kind of... The camera's panning through this town, and it gets to this shop mm-hmm. that has all these sombreros set up for sale. And all of a sudden, all the sombreros on the bottom rotate, and there's a, a bunch of heads under them, and these <laughs> girls stand up and start dancing. Yeah. Um, don't care about the dancing number, but had no idea those were on heads until all of a sudden they're just like, whoop! It, it's it grabs your attention. And then yeah, I was like, out. "That's a lot of some bro- Oh, those are people. Those are people. <laughs> those are dancers. Um, but then, like, essentially every camera shot was a separate audio shot that then they just put together. Uh, so it goes. The audio is just freaking horrible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so the two idiots you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Are Chick and Ned. Yep. So Chick apparently goes, and at first I thought Ned was Chick's like legal advisor, but maybe that's not the case. That, that was the weird thing. So like he he, he was um, so he was married. Yeah, Chick was married, and he went, and went to Mexico to get a divorce. to get a divorce in Mexico with his lawyer. With his yeah, it was, it was with, his lawyer. Yeah, was it? Because okay, so I thought, and Ned he straight up lawyer. told him like, "What you did is not legal." Yeah, in you the U.S., U.S. the U.S.A. does not recognize Mexican divorces. Is yes, what he said. The whole thing was, but apparently a, Mexico recognizes American marriages. I don't know. It, it it was stupid. It like why would someone go to all of this trouble to get a divorce in Mexico? Like, where I'm going to go fly to, I'm going to go travel to Mexico to get a divorce with my lawyer, who will then tell me while I'm there. That the that divorce I got in Mexico and the remarriage I did in Mexico are invalid. Are yeah. Wouldn't you know that ahead of time if you're the damn lawyer? Wouldn't you tell them, don't waste your time <laughs> and money? And then, like, you have, you know, the, the whole slapstick thing and it just, it didn't fit the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, to your point, exactly. There's, like, there's two movies going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual King Kaju movie is probably about... 20 maybe 30 minutes of the film and the remaining hour to hour and 20 minutes is this whole other love story supposedly divorce story yeah the slapstick stuff um and listening to some of their dialogue it feels like the writers during this time were used to creating we're not used to creating films with dialogue because they had been silent films for all this time um and now we're transitioning to the talkies because the dialogue and it's very childlike they're like, I've got to call my mom. Mm-hmm. And you're a grown-ass man. Like, uh, just something about that just stuck out to me, the way these people were talking to each other. And they're just not used to creating dialogue for characters. But, I mean, I'm like, 
but also like people have been creating dialogue for characters in books all this time and in plays all this time so maybe just the writers going into film weren't established with a lot of talent yet because maybe film wasn't adopted as really a true art form yet as opposed to like you know books and plays well silent films had been around for years um so but, i mean there's it's no not dialogue, like a new though, medium so. um so for like the two slapstick guys maybe that that was just their type of humor um because like uh chris farley is going to be completely different from say stephen wright or something like that yeah um that's the best i that, that's the best i got maybe maybe it just, it's something that stuck out to me a lot that I was like, the, the dialogue just didn't seem that great. Um, and so Ned and Chick are now sitting at a table uh, talking about whatever bullshit they're talking about and having <laughs> drinks. And Ned is overacting drunk before mm-hmm. he took his first fucking drink. Yep. He's literally just like, he sits at the table and he's like, hmm. Well, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah. I'm like, Again, it, it it this was. Um, it, I am gonna have a drink. <laughs> don't act like that. Um, <laughs> it, it purports the whole evils of alcohol thing, right? Because yeah. this was in 1929. Prohibition was still flying around. Well, it's just I don't know. It just seemed that this talkie with dialogue was harder for me to follow what was going on than the silent films we had been watching. Yeah. Just because, like, it's they, they didn't know what to do because they weren't used to make having to fill these scenes with words. Yeah, they, they could just have them, you know, act super over the top, and then they would have a placard with, with some dialogue, and then they would move on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and maybe you can fill this in. So, at some random point, the General Ravanoff and everything shows up. <laughs> And Which is funny, because that's, that's the most Hispanic name I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just like there was like his last George Reven George Renevent as General Ravenoff, <laughs> and then like a that's like a Eastern European name though, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I, you'd be better to answer that. I than mean, I like would. Eastern European Russian, something like that. Hmm? I just I doesn't make sense why he would be a general in the Mexican army. Reasons, because the plot said so. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. For some reason, they're, like, searching chicks' pockets and find some money. They say, this money came from this bank. And so, for that reason, now Chick is fingered as a suspected kinkajou. Did they did they stamp the cash? I have no idea. They just said this money came from the Bank of Fremont, so you must be the kinkajou. So, it, it's either A, <clears throat> it's stamped, or B, plot. Plot, yes. Reason. <laughs> reasons, that's because why. Because reasons. We found this random cash in your pocket. Clearly, we know you stole it. But yeah, whatever. And okay. and then they instead of like if he suspected the kinkajou, they just take the money and walk away. And then he goes back to the table and continues drinking. Yep. And they start having these like they're so drunk that they're imagining women are appearing and talking to them. Yeah. And they're like waving their hand through them, and that's how they know they're not real. Yeah. And then a real woman walks in. They think they're imaginary, and they do this and smack her on the ass. Yeah. Again, slapstick comedy. Not, I mean, because, yay, uh, total, you know, assault, that's great, funny. Yeah, I'm just like, what the hell does this have to do with catching the kinkajou? Nothing. The synopsis of this movie should be two drunk idiots do some stupid shit about marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Not my favorite. (laughs) Um, Actually, I don't know why this is written here, but, like, the whole 
40 minutes is missing uh, is because there was a shorter version of this film. There's the one that we saw that was actually released in 1932. Uh, and there was one existing copy of the original full-length version in New York's Museum of Modern Art, but that has since been lost. <laughs> so let me guess. The additional 40 minutes was the actual Kinkajou story. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> that is what I'm wondering. Because it seems like this movie about the Kinkajou has very little to do with the Kinkajou. Uh, and, but you can still find like the entire soundtrack uh, with some of the missing film scenes and numbers, that are uh, some of them which are in color. Uh, but they haven't been restored to the film. Mm-hmm. I am curious if the missing 40 minutes is more of the Kinkajou story and they cut it down to focus more on this whole like guy trying to get remarried story. I, 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 I don't know. Um, that would be kind of neat to see. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, well, we'll that would require watching this movie again. I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to. <laughs> but I would much rather do other things with my time than watch this movie again. Yeah, but regarding the actual story, though, um, the Texas Rangers show up in Mexico looking for the Kinkajou, and I'm curious, what the fuck were the Texas Rangers doing in Mexico? Is that not out of their jurisdiction, or is there no concept of jurisdiction back then? When when did this movie take place? Take place? Fuck if I know. Okay. Um, so this, uh, after the... At some point after the Texas Rangers existed. So, okay, so that would be the, after the Texas War of Independence, right? Sure. Um, we'll go with that. (laughs) They're invading a foreign nation. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing in Mexico? There is, they have absolutely zero jurisdiction (laughs) and zero authority to do anything. (laughs) Yeah, that, that threw me. Um, and then also... Why is everyone in Mexico speaking English? Um, because none of the actors spoke Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it, it really started bothering me. The, the, the synopsis and all the marketing of this movie advertises it as lawmen hunting down a criminal yep. that escaped to Mexico. Mm-hmm. But this plot is nearly non-existent in much of the film mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as the subplot of a man trying to divorce one wife yep. to marry another. To marry a, a Mexican woman. <laughs> takes up the bulk of the storyline. Yep. And they somehow ended up in the same place at the same time. Yeah. For plot reasons. The, uh, Even though them being there has nothing to do with the eventual end of the Kinkajou story. Yeah, it, it, it <clears throat> there was one part that I thought was kind of neat when they, um, at, at, towards the end of the film, where they had like that big uh, number with the bandit and that woman that, you know, like, I'm never going to let you catch him. And she was holding onto the door and stuff like that. Um, like after that scene was over and then they went to the, the barge with, with the two idiots and his, you know, their, their two dates or whatever. Um, like that scene, like switched to color. Yes, I thought that was that was actually kind of cool. yeah. That that, <laughs> that that jarred me when that happened. Um, so let, let's actually move forward to get to that. Um, so Chick is now suspected of being the King of Jew. Yeah, and he got for run, reasons run out of that town. I don't yeah, for reasons that I don't understand, Lady started stealing the buttons off his pants as like a souvenir for having been near the kinkajou i guess that's not unheard of um, by stealing buttons off your pants um are you familiar with john dillinger 
As in, I know the name. Um, so he was a very famous bank robber back around these around these time frames. Um, when he was killed in Chicago, was that the was that the one that Johnny Depp movie? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. That that movie was based on a book called um, uh, Public Enemies. Yeah. Um, but he was uh, he was a very famous bank robber. He was killed in Chicago. Um, he was leaving a movie um, at the Biograph Theater in Chicago. Um, he was shot in the back of the head um, by FBI agents that were tracking him down. There were stories of people running up to his his body in the, in the alleyway and dipping their handkerchiefs in his blood as a souvenir. Oh, wow. So it's it's not unheard of for people to take things like that. That's weird. Well, I thought that was strange, but... Uh, I also thought this was funny. This may be film history. Um, so they took all the buttons off his pants as souvenirs because they thought he was the Kinkajou. And eventually his pants wouldn't stay up. And then it shows him walking away, yeah. busting the first on-film sag as his <laughs> pants were hanging down below his britches. Yep. He was... He was um... <laughs> is, is, is that the origination of what happened throughout the 2000s? No. <laughs> Most likely not, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> I just saw that on. I literally paused. I was like, that's like the first, first sag. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your pants up, young man. Um, so, yeah, to your point to, like, you know, the whole number there. Mm-hmm. General Ravenoff and Captain Jim Stewart are both, like, just trying to hook up with Rita. They're both supposedly in love with her. Yep. And General Ravenoff is like, Jim's after your uh, brother because he's the kinkajou and he's going to, you know, take him down. But I'll stop him if you marry me. Yeah. And she's just like, okay. Okay. And then they all start trying to shoot Captain Jim Stewart. Yeah, they, they were just randomly firing into the dark. That kind of thing. Again, you know, no gun safety. Who cares? Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I don't know. It the it didn't make any sense that he's just like, I'll stop him if you marry me. Like, you just didn't you just like mate like five minutes ago? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but well, I mean, like, but Rita got like mad at the captain because she found out he's a ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means he's potentially not the Kinkajou anymore, because uh, he's trying to catch the Kinkajou, who she believes at that time to be her brother. Um, and she starts yelling at him, but I don't know what she says because the audio mixing is so loud or so bad. The music gets really loud, and I can't understand what the hell they're saying. I couldn't either. But. She's pissed off, and she's like, all right, I'm going to marry the general, apparently. <laughs> I, I Sure. I mean, whatever. But yeah, then the, then the general has the men shooting at Captain Jim as he flees. But again, I didn't quite understand the specifics of what was going on. Uh, like, I'm going to protect your brother, but fuck him. Bang, 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 bang. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then it suddenly cuts to a, a title screen and says like on the barge and whatever, whatever. That, that's and that's real grand yeah like uh that's that's <laughs> where it cut to color and that's that yeah yeah that, that was kind of cool <clears throat> and so yeah we moved to a, a barge that has for some reason has a curtain raise <laughs> yeah and people dancing which was in color mm-hmm. um so obviously some of the color reels have been restored but it was just like randomly like we're on a boat yeah, we're, we're, we're going to dance because we're on a boat. I mean, don't you dance when you're on a boat? Yeah, apparently. And then while they're on the boat, Chick and Ned just happen to be there too because, you know, they just... That, that's reasons. what I was saying. Like, they just ended up in the same place. Yeah, for... they're, in, they're in the same town. And then when the general's like, hey, I'm going to take you on this boat so we can go get married. 
Chicken Ned just tag along. They were just there. Even though they've... And I don't think there was any scenes where they were there with Rita or the general. Nope. Completely, entirely separate. They just ended up in the same place. Yeah. Um, but while on the barge, uh, Chick is like talking to his, like his talking to Ned and his new wife and talking about how he, he hates baths that are too hot or too cold. They have to be just right. And you know what? If they're too hot or too cold... And he starts like beating the woman, mm-hmm. and then he's like, and like, Ned's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then Chick's like, oh, okay, okay, but but I also like to eat eggs, and I I don't want them too hard or too soft. They got to be just right. But if they're too hard or too soft, that's a paddling. And like, so he just starts beating the woman because like, it's stupid. If this happened, I'm gonna, and then he just hits her. Yeah. It's, Not it's... that, like, I I've heard the whole trope that like you know uh, a wife beater like getting mad because his eggs are too runny and hitting her. This isn't even that his eggs are too runny. It's him thinking about the possibility of his it's, bath it's or horrible. eggs being off, yeah. and then he hits her. It's horrible. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is just this is atrocious. This is Canada's like good cinema in in the in the twenties, I guess. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't, I, I had issues with that. Um, well, of course. <laughs> and she storms off, and everything, and he's like, I don't know what it is. I just can't keep a woman. There's I'm a, like, because you're an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, and then at, at some point, like he like like falls on the stairs or something, and she just comes like running back and just like starts professing her love to him, and I'm like, girl, he just smacked the shit out of you because he imagined his eggs being too soft. And yeah, it, it, I don't know. Uh, I have I have no explanation. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a horrible horrible thing. Yeah. But then not too long after that, uh, the old wife, the new wife is Dolly Bean that just got smacked. The old wife, Miss Katie Bean, just randomly shows up on the barge because, you know, she has like GPS on his ass or something. Wait, they were sisters? No. It was his old wife, so he has, she has his last name and that was his new wife. Oh, duh. Sorry. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Moving I like, on. I was like, a, no, that, that was a different movie. They were the sisters. Got it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but, All of this stuff is running together. <laughs> I get it. Um, see what we do to bring you entertainment. <laughs> um, I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so she just shows up on this barge because reasons and she knew where he was. Um, and Ned ends up meeting her. And finds out that she has like some inheritance coming of like five million dollars, or or not inheritance. Like she somehow she's got five million dollars coming. I can't remember if it's an inheritance, or if she like earned something, or something happened where she has this money coming. And Ned's like, really, five million dollars. Um, and so he like r- takes her to dinner, and there's a dinner scene where Ned's having dinner with the old wife Katie Bean, mm-hmm. uh, and Chick's having dinner with his new wife Dolly Bean. Uh, and they're literally at tables right fucking next to each other. Yet, for some reason, don't know that they're sitting right next to each other for this whole scene that is just ridiculous. Um, because at some point, the they, they finally find out they're sitting right next to each other, and they're the only two tables in the entire fucking room. Yeah. Um, and the women get up and are yelling at each other and end up sitting together and the men sit together and they're like laughing about the fact that the women are yelling at each other and somehow end up eating a candle. I'm not fucking joking here. Laughing at women yelling at each other and then somehow eat a candle. 
but there's no connection between the two as to why that fucking happened. And then they're laughing at the fact they're eating a candle, or like Chick is eating a candle, and Ned's like, well, let me try it, and he bites into the candle. Fucking why? <laughs> I, I, um... I got nothing. <laughs> yep. It's, again, stupid reasons. The whole thing is dumb. Well, it gets even worse. So, apparently, uh, the old wife, which, like, there's, it's hard to remember. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The old wife, Miss Who Cares, um, came down to... Sorry, my, my, my opinions are starting to come out a little bit more. <laughs> uh, the old wife, Katie Bean... Uh, came down to essentially, I guess, like, negotiate with Chick without her lawyer. But she said her lawyer told her to say no to everything. Hmm. So Ned uses this to his advantage to, like, get her to marry him. Because essentially asking questions to where she had to say no, and no means that, yes, she would marry him. Yes, no means And so they become engaged. And I'm like, that... Fucking what? It's it's the weird, like, happy ending type of trope that they had to have in those days. Where, like, there had to be a happy ending. Doesn't matter what happened. There just had to be some sort of happy ending. Yeah. So, Chick is going to be with his new wife. Yep. Ned's going to get with his old wife. Yep. Um, and they're sitting at the on the edge of the boat. Like, the girls are all laughing, ha-ha, and the guys are laughing, ha-ha. But then they start getting into a little fight that has to do with pinching each other's cheeks. Yep. Then both men kiss, so I'm curious if they're actually with the people they want to be with or not. I don't know. Uh, and then all four randomly fall off the boat into the water. They were all hilariously drunk. That's the best. Thing. I don't care how drunk I am. I'm not going to pinch your cheek and kiss you, bro. No, I'm, I don't want that. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> oh, God. No, that, that made no sense at all. I mean, I, I get that they were very popular like comedians in their time. But that that type of humor is lost to me. I don't understand yeah. it. I don't get it. it. It has to have been something to do with the time because it just does not translate to today. Yeah, it did. It, I mean, we're, this is a hundred years ago. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't get it. It didn't yeah. make any sense to me. I thought it was dumb. But that's. I mean, again, we're you know products of our time versus them. Yeah. Well, I'm not excusing it. It's still pretty dumb. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, so after all this time focusing on this story that has nothing to do with what the story is, you know, advertised as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we finally shift back to Rita and Jim has gotten onto the boat, um, cause he, he evaded the general and his men shooting a bullet in his ass. Um, and, and Jim comes By pointing in. into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he got past all the bullets. Cur- curve the bullet. <laughs> Um, but Jim is like professing his love to Rita and wanting uh, to her to like go be with him and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rita tells you know Jim, you you got to get away from here. You got to get off the boat. The general's going to kill you. Uh, but that whole scene is behind a fucking wall. Yes, like they literally walk behind a wall to have this conversation, and literally all you see are the fingers from Rita's hands on the corner of the wall for about a minute. If that, Two yeah. minutes, maybe, at yeah. most, as they're having this conversation. So it's literally just pointing at a wall, and you see her fingers, and that's it. Don't don't look at me, man. I This is indefensible. <laughs> I'm not going to like, make excuses. I'm like, 
I complain a lot about the way these old films were shot. Yep. But where was the decision made to have a whole scene where you can't even see the fucking actors? Cut down on costs. I don't but know. You're still paying them. <laughs> <laughs> I have Ugh. I have no explanation for that particular that decision. I'm not even going to try and make one up because there's no point. Yeah. Well, at that point, uh, Jim like runs off, crawls down the side of the boat, and cuts like away a rope that I'm assuming is tied to the anchor to allow the boat to float from the Mexico side of yeah. the Rio yeah, Grande. That, that was the anchor over to the American side. Yeah, and then the Rangers can just run up on the boat, uh, even though they were in Mexico before. Yeah, I know. Now all of a sudden, now jurisdiction all of a sudden they care about counts. jurisdiction. <laughs> Um, and then her, her brother, I think it was Roberto, Roberto, uh, shows up that we haven't seen since the beginning of the film he's with been, the Texas he, Rangers and the general is revealed to be the Kinkajou, uh, not because of evidence or anything that were shown in the story, just because reasons, yeah. um, uh, the reasons being Captain Jim and Roberto said so. Yep. Uh, there's no evidence. He, Roberto, he just, he just, he just says he is. Yeah, Roberto tries to explain what's going on, but the music is so loud that I couldn't understand him. <laughs> I actually had to look it up later to be like, what the fuck was said here? Um, apparently, Roberto was a member of the Mexican Secret Service. Mm. Uh, so they apparently had something to do with knowing the general was the Kinkajou. They didn't tell us or like show us why. They just said, oh, it was you all along. Arrested. Jim and Rita love. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> Pretty accurate. He's not. He's not exaggerating. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> not my favorite, man. Long I, story short, I did not like this movie. No, no. So um, I held it till the end to say it. Sorry. <laughs> Just trying to give the people a sneak peek. <laughs> Here's a trailer of me not yeah, liking it. I, I didn't I, like it. <laughs> but no, the Ethel Waters was about the previous movie. Hmm. Uh, that's 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 my excuse. The, the whole Ethel Waters thing that I was talking about was about On With The Show. Oh, yeah. You said you didn't like Not On With The Show. Not this one. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, you got me. You got me. Fine. Did you like this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. No. No, I did so not. So, out of the... Sadly, here's the thing. Now we have to say what we liked the most out do, of the three uh, box office winners. Do I have to pick one? <laughs> the Broadway Melody... Which we talked about in the Oscars episode. Yeah, we've talked about that one at length. Rio Rita or On With The Show. Do you agree that the people should have liked Broadway Melody the most and spend their money there? Or should it have been one of the others? Do Do I have to pick one? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> um... I'm I'm torn because I I didn't like I didn't enjoy the Broadway melody for for reasons that we've already previously discussed at length. I didn't like these other two movies. <laughs> what would I mean? It's, Which did you like the dislike the least? <laughs> dislike the least? Um, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> one of the other movies that we didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick the winner to be the Gold Diggers of Broadway because it's lost and unavailable and I can't watch awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to go with that. <laughs> All right. I will give a real answer. I know mine's a total cop out. I'm going to but... say the Broadway Melody was the right one to win. Okay. And here's why. I liked none of them. But 
after the opening scene of the Broadway melody where there's just noise, I did get lost in the film for a little while because it was actually enjoyable up to the point that they started practicing for the show. And then I hated every minute past that. So the fact that there was a moment of the Broadway melody I liked and there wasn't a single moment of the other two movies I liked, that means I'm going to say the Broadway melody was the winner for me. With with that... When it comes to box office. With that criteria in mind, um, I, I would agree with that. Um, just, just because throughout the whole movie, I really didn't care about much of anything that happened but i felt bad it got an emotional response out of me for for the character of for hank, hank or yeah. i felt for that woman and like okay i'll uh, based on that criteria I'll, I'll go with that all right so we'll say the broader melody was good to be the box office that's, winner that's yeah for, again, for, for the smallest of reasons we could find I, again not my favorite <laughs> movie but it, it got an emotional response like i i feel bad for her that's horrible yeah and that no, i'll go with that was. definitely was uh to get context on that go watch the other episode if you haven't already so that finishes out that finishes out 1929's box office uh next episode we'll be doing moving into 1930 mm-hmm uh, and we're going back to the Oscars again. So, um, first, the box office winner for 1930 was All Quiet on the Western Front. So, we will be watching on that. Yep. That one. Um, it is uh, a German youth eagerly enters World War One, but his enthusiasm wanes as he gets a first-hand view of the horror. Um, I'm going to read off the remaining four and let you pick first, and then I'll pick from what's left. So, you have The Big House which is a convict falls in love with his new cellmate's sister only to become embroiled in a planned breakout, which is certain to have lethal consequences. Okay. Um, you have the prime minister of great, I'm oh, sorry, this is Disraeli prime minister of great Britain. Benjamin Disraeli outwits the subterfuge of the Russians and, chicanery at home chicanery chicanery at home in order to secure the purchase of the suez canal (laughs) the suez suez canal Canal. fair enough that one's actually lost and unavailable so you can't choose that one anyway but i was just letting you know what the options would have been so yeah we can't pick that one anyway then you have the divorcee uh when a woman discovers that her husband has been unfaithful to her she decides to respond to his infidelities in kind with brutal violence (laughs) explosions occur <laughs> um and then the last one, oh my god the last one is the love parade this is wait what kind of movie is this uh the queen of mythical sylvania marries a courtier who finds his new life unsatisfying so essentially we have the big house the divorcee or the love parade i'll do the big house We'll that's, do the, the big that's the one I would have chosen too. So for me, it's out of the divorcee. So a woman finding an unfaithful husband and re- responds in kind, or the love parade. Now, part of me wants to pick the love parade just because of the freaking name. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It could be a really interesting movie. <laughs> now, the Queen of Mythical Sylvania marries a courtier. Um, mythical Sylvania. Yeah. Is that anywhere close to Penn? Close Sol- to what? Sylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Jackass. Um, Bad joke. I apologize. I'm going to go with the divorcee. Okay. Just because uh, I'm curious if respondent fidelities in kind means cheating or murdering. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm hoping the latter. Cheating then murder. So uh, next episode will be uh, 1930 Oscars. All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, directed by Lewis Milestone. The Big House, directed by George W. Hill and Ward Wing. And The Divorcee, directed by Robert Z. Leonard. But until then, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Anthony. See you at the movies.